0: church you just do doing- what you you want us to learn and listen, Lord? please just watch over us and just help us stay focused in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So before we get started, as you know, uh, we have been in a series in the book of Luke. So so three weeks ago, uh, Pastor Daniel, uh, he taught about a parable of the soil. I don't know how, if you guys all remember, but three weeks ago this kind of hard, but, which I'll remind you guys a little bit which this parable was talking about the kingdom of God, which the man uh, planting the seed represents God, and the soil is the message, which is the word. The uh, Pastor Daniel talked about listening and persevering the word of God and not letting anything else keep us from it, no matter if it's uh, life. Word, uh, the devil or the devil trying to steal the word or any pleasures of life. You no, know, we have to stick uh, to the word and stay and listen, as you know, because it is it is hard sometimes to stay focused. And but as Pastor Daniel taught, we have to persevere and listen. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So this was Jesus. Uh, Jesus was trying to tell uh, his people about his kingdom. <clears throat> so we're going to be looking into another parable today, which is the prodigal son. Uh, which is in Luke 15. But before we get into the, to, this, to this parable, I just want to teach a little bit about what is a parable and what is the problem. And I know many of us maybe know what it is, but for those new people that don't know, it's always nice to uh, have a refreshed moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is a parable? Uh, a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the gospel and this i found in google so if you guys don't if you guys want to find anything just type it in google has, all the, google has all the answers and also it's a metaphor that jesus uses so his people can understand you know um, is what he's trying to say also it's also known as mes- it's a message from heaven mm-hmm. which we're going to get into three parables today that jesus was saying in the in chapter in luke chapter 15. And now uh, what is the prodig? What is a prodigal mean? What does what is this actually mean? So a prodigal is someone that spends money or resource or resources freely and recklessly or wasteful extravagance. Also, this was found in Google. <laughs> 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 having or, also having or giving something on a lavish scale. So for those that like to spend a lot of money, <laughs> one of those prodigals. <laughs> but <laughs> the <old human> <laughs> so, the meaning behind the parables. So, each of these parables shows us different meanings of what God is trying to say to us. Shows us that un- Some show us the unconditional love He has for us. Some show us the, uh, the patience He has for us. Some show us God is a for- uh, forgiving Father. And also, some show us that, that God looks past our flaws, sins that we carry. Amen? Amen. So, why does Jesus use parables going to ask? So in Matthew 13, 10, 17, if you guys would like to turn to that one. Whenever you guys ready to It's also up in the screen. Amen? Amen. So it starts off. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to you in to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you, sh- and you-, and seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of, of this people have grown dull. Their eyes are hard of hearing, and their eyes that have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their heart and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are, are your eyes, for they see, and your ears for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it." Amen. So here Jesus spoke in parables to expose the non-believers and those who do believe. Mm-hmm. Those who didn't believe would just see parables as a weird saying and wonder why Jesus is saying something random. Those who did believe would see that there is a heavenly meaning behind the saying. Right. Jesus says that the people that uh, people's hearts have been collapsed, which is, a, which is another word for being insensitive and cruel disregard for others. Par- parables are not something that Jesus said so that we could be confused, but to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So in this, in this uh, parable, we're gonna, in chapter, Luke chapter 15, we're gonna be hearing uh, three parables, which talks about the parable of the lost sheep, the lost point, and which we're gonna be talking about today, the prodigal son. So if we can turn to uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 1, whenever he gets ready to say that, amen? So it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them in this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, and then over the ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. And here's the parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one, doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friend and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin, in the same way I tell you. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one Samuel Rupert Pass. Now, verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the young, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to be to be a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods of the pigs, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servant, Quick, bring, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again, and he was lost in his family. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing." So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the damn cat, because he has he has he hasn't backslaving sound. <clears throat> the older brother came, became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friend. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fat calf for him? My son, the father said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Amen? Amen. That was a long reading, but I tell you, each everything has a meaning behind it, and. Just pray that you guys uh, listen, open your hearts, and open your ears to what God is trying to tell you guys today. So, this the prodigal son. And on so this chapter of Luke, it mentions three different types of parables that Jesus shares to his, to his disciples, the Pharisees, and any other that were around. Mm-hmm. The, uh, each of these uh, parables holds special guidance that Jesus wants to share with us. Also, uh, probably also these parables gives us a glimpse of the love that our God has for each one of us. Like in the first parable, when Jesus talks about the lost sheep, and he talks about leaving the ninety-nine sheep just to go look for the one that left her. Jesus mentions that there is that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner, over one sinner who repents, than over the ninety-nine who just that they think they don't they don't need no repentance. Or in the next parable, of the lost coin, where Jesus talks about a woman who has 10 silver coins, but loses one and takes the time to find the other one, and then rejoices when finding one coin. So these both parables are both trying to paint a picture of having the third parable, of having the third parable where Jesus talks about a father and his two sons. As we go on reading this parable, just take a minute and visualize and focus on this parable. So, why did Jesus start telling these parables onto the Pharisees and others that were amongst them? He started telling these because they were criticizing Jesus for eating and dining with sinners. Like They're criticizing him because he's trying to get the word out to sinners, right? We should be striving to send the word out, not keep them away from the sinners, right? Amen. So, That is when Jesus stated those two parables. Now we will be looking at the third parable. So off the back, uh, this parable was talking about a son, a son who is not asking, but demanding to his father to give him this portion of his inheritance. So when do you usually get an inheritance? Usually when someone passes away, right? right? So by this young son asking his father, to give him his inheritance, he's basically telling him that, that he just that you're dead to me, that all you're good for is, is my the inheritance that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. So to hear this from my young son from your young son, I know it must have broken his father's heart. So if you can just imagine the pain his father must have felt to hear this from his own son. It must have been terrible. Because I know, because I me as a father, if my daughter would tell me that <laughs> It would probably break my heart and make me cry. But <laughs> even then, the father didn't even whoop him, which look, would look like the best thing to do, right? For those that whoop the kids. <laughs> or cast his father, or cast his son out of his house. Because, so he could learn the less. But instead, the father gives him what he wanted. Crazy, right? Yeah. What kind of father would give him what he wanted? <laughs> Not the him a whoop. But, that's, it's just crazy to hear what kind of, what kind of father this, this son had. So he ends up giving him this portion of his wealth. What the son, uh, <clears throat> but the, how the father, so the, how, the, how the father replied to his son took me to a, a scripture in, in Proverbs 16, 1. If you guys want like to like a channel, or if it's up there. And it says, the plant of the heart belongs to man but the answers of the tongue is from the Lord. So for me, when I heard this, it just amazed me of how great of a father the son has. God gives us the free will to act on either dumb or good decisions. So, um, <clears throat> so how, how the father replied to his son when being demanded for his portion of his inheritance was the way our heavenly father was showing us that we, are, we have this free will that we are given. So I just want to spend a little time just on these two verses. So when looking at these two verses, one question comes to my mind, and that is, what caused the younger son to ask for his portion of the wealth at that time, and why did the older brother do so also? So as we see here, we just, just with these two verses, it looks like the father had a lot of patience. And truly loves his voice enough to even give him his portion of full wealth after breaking his heart. Because if it was me, I wouldn't have him anything. <laughs> so knowing that it seems like he wasn't he wasn't running away from his father, for being a bad father. Because then we would see that the older brother would leave also. Mm-hmm. But the older brother stayed. So there must be something else that led this younger brother to put himself through through this. Most of the times we see this because either they are influenced by someone else or most of the time they think that that they will be happier on their own instead of having to deal with nagging parents just telling them what to do. So I know many of us at one point were like, when I'm 18, I'm going to move out. So that way my my mom doesn't have to tell me what to do or my dad. Right? We all went through something like that. But it's only later on when we see, when we are going through hardship when we are going through struggles that we look back and we remember our parents, we're only trying to do what was best for us. Amen? Amen. So, as we keep reading in the next verses, we see that the younger son takes his portion of his wealth and takes off to another country. Now, I ask myself, why would the son go somewhere so far from home? It's not like he was running away from his dad, you know, he just wanted his money and just blow it off. But what came to my mind was that the son probably didn't want people that he knew seeing him do stuff that he was going to get criticized for. The Bible tells us that he was spending his money on wild living. You can only imagine how this wild living looks like. Some people spend their money on drugs, like oh, I said, how it says in the Bible, on prostitutes. All this stuff led him to a battle, where he ended up broke. So, you could, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this saying, More money, more problems. Who's heard that? (laughs) I know most of us have heard this, right? (laughs) So, usually this this saying is is correct, but when you don't have self-restraint. As we've seen time and time again, on people who end up winning lotteries, most of them end up in a position where they have either lost all their money or end up just broke, right? So, according to the National Endowment for Financial Education, about 70% of people go bankrupt within a few years. Not 30%, -hmm. not 20%, not 50%, but 70%. That's a pretty high number, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine all those people that won hundreds of millions of dollars and they end up broke. So that's where the self-assurance would have come in handy, right? Right. (laughs) So, but you don't have to be a lottery winner. Many of us at one point had some type of excessive spending. (laughs) <laughs> for me, I know one time I had ten thousand dollars and at a blink of an eye that money was gone. And I was like, Where's all my money here? But because I didn't have self restraint either, I used it on spending on buying clothes, you know stuff that I didn't even need that you know, I could have been saved my money for. And etc. You know. Just, sometimes we just gotta see what what we need to buy and be more smart with what we need. Amen? So, but don't get me wrong. It's not it's not wrong to spend money, but you also need to understand that there, when there's an excessive spending, that's when it becomes a problem. So this younger son went through something like this. Also, he and he also had some. He he saw all the money he had and spent his money like crazy. He ended up broke. He probably gained a couple so-called friends. throughout throughout the way, but those friends knew he didn't have any money. After his friends didn't knew that he didn't have any money left, they just abandoned him. As we see in the following verses, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And now he himself began to be in need. So then it talks about that he ended up at a job feeding pigs. Imagine, you get a, after being so rich, after having so much money, you end up at a job where you have to feed pigs. That's pretty low, right? <laughs> from coming from a royal family. Now you end up broke, you end up with nothing, and no friends to even help you. The young son was so in need that the Bible even talks about him wanting to eat the food that was being given to the pigs. It's pretty disgusting, right? <laughs> but out of, he was that hungry that the food of the pigs looks so delicious, but as we see, he didn't. I, I saw, I saw a reading where it talks about that even the pigs didn't want to share their his their food with the with the son. So that's pretty low that not even the pigs would want to share his food their food with them. But now I, I ask myself, where are all those friends at, right? were all those friends that he spent his money on, all his wealth on, you know. These, these so-called friends, they were, they were nowhere to be found. So, why aren't they there to help? Right, who knows? But that's when you have to be able to distinguish the good and the bad people that you have around your life. Because it's these very same friends that can cause you to bring you down and spend all your money on dumb stuff and not help you out and actually telling them, and telling, and make, trying to keep you in check like, you know, you're, you're kind of spending too much money you, you know you should probably save your money but instead, these friends were like, yeah, give me some money let's go spend some money, you know, let's go buy some pasta, whatever um, you know, whatever so, when this young son had no, had come to his senses he realized that no one was there for him he was living a terrible life. He remembered that even the servants that worked for his father had food to spare, him. and he says that. And he asked himself that why am I over here starving to death when I could be, you know, going to my dad and having him uh, have him accept me as a servant or, a, or you know, as a servant or whatever, but you would at least have um, food, and he would have food to spare. So scripture tells us that he decides to go back to his father and he, he practices a speech to his father what he's going to say to him and it says that, that he will tell him that I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I could only imagine the whole journey back to get to his father, how, he, he, how much he was practicing what he was going to say to your father. This is something that we can all relate. Maybe it's because you did something bad to your parents. Could be your co-workers or maybe your friends. And you feel bad for hurting their feelings. So you end up, in, you end up thinking in your head the best way you can to apologize to them, right? This feeling that you get is called guilt. And it's your conscience that wants you to make everything better so let's go back to a little bit where he's practicing what he's going to say so the very first thing he says is i have sinned against heaven and against you so with that very saying, we see here that this prodigal son had knowledge what he had what he did was sin against god and his father so it's not like he didn't have that knowledge of not knowing god or he But sometimes, as as most of us know, sometimes the road gets bumpy and our focus on God, you know, it it blinds us and our focus on God uh, gets distracted. If you recall in the beginning when I was saying, why did he move to another country? I believe it was for this same reason. That he didn't want anyone to shine the light of God to him. Mm. Sometimes most of us prefer the wild living than to stay in the light of God. This happens because they think that it looks more exciting to just live a wild life, a carefree life, and think that nothing bad's gonna happen. But as, as we see with the prodigal son, an exciting life always comes to an end. And all you're left with is the sin and damage you have caused upon yourself. Right? So I know for myself, I have fallen short of this. I've always wanted to live an exciting life and wild life. You know, I I was living a life without God at one point. You know, but when you don't set God as the foundation in anything, it it can cause you to go down. For me, it was my marriage. I I went through a divorce, and that's because I didn't bring my, I didn't put my, I didn't put God in the foundation of my marriage. So we only have ourselves to blame, no one else, No, I never blamed God because I knew I myself was lacking in that, in that way. You no, know, God, and that, and that is where I was like the prodigal son. I was trying to come, I was, I was trying to come back to terms with God, and I didn't know what to say to God, but to ask to forgive me for not putting my marriage in Your hands from the beginning. As many of us know that life is a struggle, and but with God it makes things, it makes life much easier. But anyways, moving forward as moving forward, as soon as the father saw him, even through, even though from afar, scripture tells us that he was filled with compassion and started running to his son. You would think that the person that would be running to his, to the other would be the son, right? But here we see that it was the father running to his son. So let's back up a little bit to verse one. I don't know if it's up there, but I'll tell you guys. And it says that. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. So this right here tells us that his father had probably been looking outside every day his window for his son to return. No matter what the son, his son had put him through, no matter all the pain, all the suffering his father went through, I know for, mes- for myself as a father, I know that it is in our instincts to always worry about our kids. And this father had been worried about his lost son that whole time. Scripture says, as soon as he got close to him, he started hugging and kissing his boy. And the son goes on to say to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But as soon as he's about to finish telling his father, the rest of the speech, which he had been practicing probably the, the whole journey back, his father quickly interrupts him and tells his servant to quick, bring the best robe and put it on. Put a ring and sandals on his feet. But mm-hmm. well, You can imagine the look on his son after he just seen what just happened. He was probably in shock. I'd be like, am I dreaming or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would surely think that when the, my father was running to me to. I'm sure you think that when my father was running to me, it was not to hug or kiss me, but to whoop me, <laughs> or tell me uh, I was, that what I did was, uh, or tell, tell me I told you this was going to happen. But now listen. So now, let's look at why the first thing the father tells the servant. What the first thing his father tells a servant to do, and what each of these things symbolizes. The first thing was to get the best robe and put it on him. So you're probably thinking, yeah, he's probably just giving him a robe because he's probably cold. But each thing has a significance. And this robe was that represented that the, that the righteousness of Christ was with him. So in Hebrew 10, 17, it says, "Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. So. When his father was, was saying was to get when to get the best road and put it on him, he was basically telling him that uh, son, no matter what you did, not no matter what you put me through, I will remember no more. And that you are still loved by your father. Amen. Amen? Now the second thing that his father gave him was a ring. Now you may ask, that's another odd thing to give a ring, but a ring was a symbol of royalty. So with putting the ring on his son, it meant that he had been given him, that he had been given the authority and rightful place of the father's riches again. And the third and final thing was that the father gave uh, that the father gave onto the son was sandals. Sandals was one of the things also that separated the rich and the poor back then. <clears throat> so when the prodigal son came back to his father, he noticed that he was barefoot, barefoot. And being barefoot represented that you were either a slave or a servant. So do you remember when the son was giving his speech to his father about how he has sinned against heaven and against on him? I believe that the father already had an idea that his son was going to tell him that to take him back as a slave or a servant. But before he even gets the chance to get that out of his mouth, his father interrupts the speech. And I believe he interrupted it by not giving him the chance to even think or say, to say that to his father. Because to the father, you're not a servant, you're not a slave, you are his son. And he loves you no matter what. So, in the sandals symbolize the entitlement that you have of being the son of the father. As each, as each of us have the entitlement of being the children of the Most High. Huh? Our Father doesn't care for all the things that you have done to sin against Him. All He cares is for you to find your way back. And understand that what God offers is nothing but love, compassion, and compassion for us. So, if you're feeling lost and think that there is no going back to, for what you have done, just remember that our Father is waiting for you with kisses, hugs, and a full entitlement of what it means to be the son of, or daughters of King of of the Kings. So, moving forward, the father of the prodigal son goes on to say to his servants, bring the fan calf who killed it. Because so we're gonna to party tonight. Boy! <laughs> where this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So you can just tell how happy this father must have been for his son to be back. Not only Has this lost son gained the place back at his father's home? But they rejoice in celebrating, and the son has also felt the forgiveness of the father. But with this celebration of the younger son, scriptures tell us that the older son was angry that he didn't, he was so angry that he didn't want to go in to celebrate with his his young brother. So, then it says that, scripture tells us that his father then goes outside to plead to him to join. So here we've seen the father and how just amazing he is. He's so, passionate, he's so uh, patient with everyone. Because you know, if it was me, like I would be know, like, you better go inside You know, go get your brother, your young, your young brother a hug. But here we've seen that his dad is telling him, to. he's pleading to him to go inside with him. But the the older brother responds to him that, in verse 29, he says, All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even given me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Here we are seeing that he is being jealous of his brother. We're coming back home and him receiving a fat calf for doing all these wrong things. I don't blame the older son in being upset with his, his little brother because he has a reason to, right? As of, as of the father. But his, but his father goes on to tell his older son that you have always been with me and everything that I have is yours. So in saying that, his father is telling him that you don't need to ask for my permission to kill a cat. Everything that I have is yours. His father welcomed his lost son with open arms and open heart, while his his older brother is is welcoming his little brother with resentment and jealousy. Mm -hmm. So in James 3.14, it says, but if you have a bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Here, James was trying to tell us tells readers that often people who think that are better than others, focus on picking the plank of someone else's life instead of first picking their own plank out. So the older brother has so much jealousy and anger towards the younger brother, that it was covering up the most important thing, and that was that his little brother was home and not lost in that darkness. So, uh, So ask yourself, which brother ended up doing the will of God the one who lived the wildlife, but then asked for forgiveness with a sincere heart, or the older brother that ended up listening to his father and stayed home, but ended up with a jealousy heart. As Jesus stated in the first and second prayer, where there will be more rejoicing rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. We are all called to follow Jesus. But as I mentioned, before life, it's a struggle. And I'm not saying to keep on living a life, a wild life. But what I am saying is that, no matter what you, your past looks like, no matter if you're still living a rebellious life, just remember that your heavenly father is waiting for you. And with open arms and an open heart. Nice. So just keep pushing forward, because as someone who went through this wild life, I can surely tell you that. Living a life like that brings nothing but pain in your life. So just remember that you are loved by a loving, and compassionate Father. Amen. Amen. We can just bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this word that you have brought to, to us today. I pray that we may always remember that you are with us, Lord, and that that you will always, um, that you will always, always be there for us. Keep us in your hearts, Lord. Keep us in your arms and just have this always just stay true to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.